Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero, host of the Tour Coach Podcast here. I want to thank all of you for listening and supporting us during our first year. I think the podcast has grown. It's gotten hopefully better. I appreciate all the comments, so much social media feedback, and so many people have walked up to me and given me their insight and so many just great comments about listening to the podcast as I ventured off from the Dew Sweepers Golf Radio Show. So it's been a fun year, a really cool year, and obviously the times are changing out there, and we've kind of reassessed everything, and as we launch into year two, once again, we're going to kind of give all of you an inside look at the PGA Tour, work, travel, coaching, and what it's like out there. Last year, I think I went to 28 tour events. Obviously, this year, it's a little different with everything going on in the world, but You'll hear me from various stops along the PGA Tour, as well as sitting down with my players and coaches and friends at the Learning Center at Frederica, where I'm based out of now, over at St. Simons Island, Georgia. Just a fantastic place, and I'm grateful for the move there and for the opportunity to coach at what I think is the highest level of our players over there at Frederica. So if you have the chance, come see us. And this year, I also want to continue to give all of you that love the game of golf an inside look into what I think is the arena of coaching and teaching golf at the highest level. I want to give all of you access to some of the ways of thinking, some of the opinions, and some of the thoughts of the very best teachers, coaches, fitness experts, mental coaches, statisticians, caddies, all of the people that are around golf at the highest level. And I think by spending time with those people here on the Tour Coach, you can take away some information for yourself that can help you enjoy the game more, perform the game at a higher level. And most importantly, I think as you sit and you listen to the Tour Coach podcast, you'll see that we really enjoy what we do and we have some fun doing it. And uh, I think you'll laugh along the way with us. So sit back. I hope you enjoy the journey of the Tour Coach into Season 2. And if you got any questions or there's anything you want to hear us talk about, make sure you find us on social media. All right. It is good to sit down with, uh, with some folks that really are, if you, if you want to go behind the scenes of what instruction on tour looks like and how these guys play their best golf, there's, there's not much of a better trio of guys to sit down with than, than Tony, Greg, and Mac. Um, these guys have worked with, the best, uh, the best in the world. So we thought we'd, we'd chat a bit about performance, what it's like coming off this break. And then talk about Bryson just annihilating the golf course this weekend, uh, in Detroit and showing us something that we have not, I've never seen before. Um, Mac, Mac in your, in your career, have you ever seen anything like this kind of happen before? I mean, I think when Tiger kind of showed up, um, late nineties, got beefed up, came out. Um, I mean, look at the 2000 open. He won by 15. Yeah. So I've seen it. (laughs) Uh, I saw John Daly do it at the 91 PGA. Uh, um, He took a golf course and just flew all the corners. Um, I think it's going to happen. It dispels a little bit about the ball and club issue. I mean, the guy didn't change clubs and balls and gained a bunch of girth and, he's manhandling that thing out there. Um, so yeah, you, you see this happen every so often. Somebody stretches the bar, they run the four minute mile and right. really long you'll see more guys doing it. I think the coolest part about what he's done, sorry, I mean to cut you off, but yeah. that I don't know of anyone that since I've been around that chased distance and succeeded, who said he's going to bulk up 
and he's going to gain club head speed and he's going to gain distance and he's done it. And I don't know of anybody else that's really done it to that extent. And in, in our, and you know, last tiger came to the game with that and tiger's on a different level, but just to set his mind to do that and then go do it is fascinating to me. I was amazed. Tony, you can say that he didn't look like he changed his swing very much. You know, uh, I mean, everybody's putting those pictures up where they draw the lines. I mean, he's, he looks like he's shifting and turning behind it a little more than he used to probably to use that weight or use that mass. Uh, some of the stuff I've seen, I mean, and, uh, you know, but it, it, it is a little different, but like uh, it's what's impressive to me is how he's been able to gain that way, gain, you know, bulk up and do that. Like, so what was coronavirus basically like what, 90 days? I mean, yeah. how long were they down back? 90 days basically mm-hmm. yeah. to make changes. Like the impressive thing to me is not that he made ch- or that he went after the speed or whatever, but is that he made some changes in his golf swing and like changed what he was focused on and then able to implement it into tournament play right away. Like it takes some people a lot longer to be able to do that. Yeah. So again, I mean, you know, not comparing him to Tiger, but like kind of like what you said earlier before we went on Greg, I mean, obviously he's got a different level of focus and, and those types of things. Him and Como and those guys are obviously, you know, that was their mission to make him longer. Well, Molinari, didn't he go after some distance a couple of years ago and it ended no. up, you know, he gained a bunch of distance. He won the the British. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he did it by changing his swing a little bit. I think he lengthened right. it and stuff. And, of course, then we see the results of that. I think he's now incurred some back issues, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think at Bay Hill, because that's what, that's what I think the thing is. I haven't seen anybody really just get stronger to hit it further. Most of them tried to find more golf swing. Um, and so it, it'll, time will tell whether his body can handle that stress of the swing. I mean, you know, there is a, I mean, there's a break. We need Kobe on here, but there is a, I mean, <laughs> muscles can be strengthened, but ligaments can't. I think that's the key. Right. Um, so, but he's young, so that's good. How about the fact that he's done all this with the whole golf world watching? He called, he almost called himself out. Yeah. Admitting he was going to try to gain weight and do all this crazy stuff to gain distance, and he did it. That—that's to me is also huh. fascinating. Well, I think the the other thing is that it, you know there, I'm sure there are people that can do that on the range or during practice rounds or whatnot, but having the guts to go do that during a tournament is like a whole nother level. Um, the first event back um, on 18 was it a, was Colonial the first event back? Yeah. And yep. he hit a tee shot in 18 on, the, I think it was the first day and he put his head down and it looked like he hit it dead left into the trees, but there was no worry or anything. And the cameras followed it and it flew the trees by 30 yards well, they, <laughs> just to see like, it just, it's like a different kind of golf right now. It's cool. It, I, I sent this to Lucas who we're all on the same team with, obviously. So it, it said that, uh, uh, Bryson was in these first four events was 67 under par. The next closest to him was Lucas Glover and Victor Hovland at 47 under par. Hmm. That's a lot under par in four, <laughs> in four events, obviously to have 20 strokes. But I mean, I, my point was, I was saying to Lucas, like obviously he had four really good finishes, but uh, I mean, obviously what Bryson's done is incredibly impressive. Uh, but I think from my perspective, it would be interesting to see Mackie kind of alluded to it like, but, how can he sustain that? I mean, you know, can he sustain it? And I mean, golf courses are going to get harder. I mean, the 
the rough is up from what I saw. Like I saw some videos and pictures of, uh, uh, of out in San Francisco. And I mean, I'm sure that us open isn't going to be set up easy where you can, you know, so and accuracy will become more and more premium in some of these. So it'll be interesting to see how it pays off. But then the last thing I was going to say is last week, he also was like plus three or four putting. Strokes. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's why he, won that's the golf exactly. he yeah. was, you know, he was in the top 10 or whatever, those other events driving it further. But he was in the top 10 before he got longer anyways at the end of the – before the break. So he was playing great golf, but the putting also made a difference. True. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how people respond to this. Um, You know, I'm a big Ryan Armour fan. Um, Played Ohio State. He's an older kid, older guy. Um, I don't know what his distance – driving distance average was, but it's not – that's not monstrous. Um, he finished, I think he shot even yesterday, but he, he finished top 10 or so, right? Right. right. Um, you know, I don't think there's anything he can do at his age to gain, you know, 10, 12 yards. Doesn't matter. Um, so I think if he'd have had a good day yesterday, shot, you know, five under or six under like he was doing, it would have been really interesting to see somebody. I don't know what the driving distance is, if he's hitting it 60 by him or what, but he's in it quite a bit by him. Um, but, you know, I, I, I was watching yesterday because it was raining here, and uh, Troy Merritt, who was playing with him, right? Mm-hmm. First hole, bombed it down there. I mean, he had 74 yards into the green, whereas Bryson had 43, I think. And I think he kind of boned it over the green, made double on the first hole. Um, my, I guess my big thing is, is the difference between being 70 yards and 105 yards, or 70 yards and 120 yards, proximity to the hole. Um, I mean, there's some great wedge players out there. Will will it mean that much? I keep going, you know, I, I can't keep help from going to Augusta and looking at the golf course and going down each hole and saying he hits it 345 average. What he would have in the, all those golf. I mean, he's almost playing a par 67 golf course when he steps out there. Right. Par fives are all reachable. Yep. Um, three, very, I mean, he can get it up there close to three. Um, I mean, where's he going to hit it on 10? I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, you start looking at the golf course. If every par four at Augusta was 500 yards, he's got no more than wedge in. <laughs> okay. And then you go to the par fives. Um, I mean, I don't know what they are, but they're, I don't think they have any par fives over 580, do they? No. Um, so what's, what is he hitting from 220? Five iron? max i would think yeah oh yeah again he's got to hit it straight he's got to putt good but i'm telling you it, it's it's tough not to go there and start thinking yeah I mean, bunker on one augusta no longer matters the bunker on eight no longer matters um 10 goodness gracious um 11 where they added all that distance but if he lets one eat there he's it's gonna not, not good on the green <laughs> he's gonna have wedge on 11 i mean what is it 5 30 but if he hits it 370? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, and again, that's, there's a lot that goes into golf, obviously, that hits it the long way. But it does make you start wondering what could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. But the contrast, too, is the, the other guy now that's playing just as well as Webb, who doesn't hit it anywhere compared to oh, Bryson, well, right? Yeah. Yep. And is having a fantastic start of last season and now continuation. 
Yep. I mean, couldn't you make the argument that since coronavirus, I mean, him and Webb, Webb and Bryson are the top two players in the world. Easy. You could easily make yep. or, or by far the two best players on tour, right? You could easily make that argument. And, mm-hmm. and they play totally opposite games. That's why, I mean, you know, I, again, I don't – I mean, what Bryson's done is impressive. And I think we're always trying to make guys hit it further. You guys have all – we've all worked together at these junior programs where we're developing players. And we've had guys like Dr. Lynn come in. And, you know, we're always trying to find ways to maximize power and stuff. But, uh, you know, I don't know that everybody's just going to make everybody beef up by 50 pounds right away. And, and yeah, it could be sending a bad – a bad message because Mac, like you said before too, and even with tiger, they won when they putted well, not when they hit it farther than everybody else. Hey, Webb averaged 303 yards last week. Yes. No, that's not bad. (laughs) He's a (laughs) short knocker out there now. (laughs) When it's got a three in front of it. I mean, you know, but he can hit it 60 by that. It's kind of, yeah. Yeah. Well, it is a scoring game. Um, You know, there's nerves. I mean, you saw Matthew Wolf, well, obviously, yeah. bombs it out there. Obviously, he was a little tense going into it. Um, but again, I mean, if you're on, nerves don't matter, right? It's when you're off, I guess. But it'll, it'll be really interesting. What Were you surprised by anybody's play, good or bad, coming out of the break? Or what did the way people have played tell you? Did you think anything about the way some people have played? No, I mean, not really. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, we heard all the, you know, you hear all the scuttlebutt, who's practicing, who's not practicing. Um, I mean, Dustin Johnson came out and won. I doubt he killed himself over the break. <laughs> I mean, he's good. Um, no, I he, haven't seen much, you know, that really shocked me. Um, you know, this golf, this past golf course is kind of a golf course. And it was one of those golf courses. I don't think distance matters that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that long. So you had a Kisner. I don't know what Kisner averaged in driving distance. So he's not super long. Um, probably only averaged 299 or something. But let's see. I'm going to check it real quick. Yeah, he averaged only 301. So he's not. Jeez, yeah. another short knocker. Yeah, a little uh, <laughs> bunker. Dinker. Dinker. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying, like I say, it, it'll it'll be real interesting. Um, you know, we always do this. When somebody gets on a heater, we start thinking nobody will ever beat him. Um, totally. And you don't want to wish it against him. It's just golf. We know how that rolls. Um, mm. But, you know, you, you know, we were talking about Lucas. You know, Lucas has rolled in, I think he had four top 21s. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't say a whole lot. I mean, it's not winning. But look how under par he, shot, he played. You know, that's a guy with, you know, what he and I talked about last night. Just, you know, that's the trend you want to see. His defense got a couple holes. Yeah. But, and Lucas is old. He, he is old. <laughs> he What's is his old. driving distance, Mac? I'm supposed to know that, but I'll defer to you. Oh, gosh. Um, I had to check it. I didn't check it yesterday. Everybody was so caught up in what. Um, but that's you know, an interesting thing, you know. So, like, he, you know, he's gained. You mentioned, I mean, he, he's gotten older. He's 40 now. 313. He's actually, so he's actually, get, he actually has picked up speed uh, yeah. in in the, over the last year and a half through some yeah. of the work he's done. And the interesting thing though, was it, it is a result of, we, of work trying to get better at making his golf swing a little better and hitting the shot he wants to hit and physically making him able to do it better. And now he's able, he's picked up some ball speed and club speed. You know, he's picked up like four miles, almost four miles an hour. That's pretty good for those guys out there. I, 
I think the biggest difference here is that, like Greg was saying earlier, is it was a sudden change. It wasn't natural skill. Like when Rory came out, it was he just naturally hit the driver incredibly. Yeah. So do, do you think we're going to see, is anybody gonna, else going to be able to pull this off? Because I'm sure there are going to be other people that try. I mean, there has to be. This could be a watershed event. You could start seeing people just, you know, just give all in to going for that yeah. five yards, thinking that may kick it over. Um, yeah, I think so. I think somebody will hurt themselves doing it. I mean, I think it takes a pretty good specimen to be able to put that kind of weight on. I mean, obviously, he pulled it off pretty quickly. Um, Don't you think there'll be some people that ruin themselves doing this too? Yeah, like, not sure. everybody yeah. knows it's going to turn out like Bryson. Well, y'all well, also need Keith Clearwater. Along, yeah, he's an old guy like us, but um, he did it. You know, he was the first guy to get all buffed up. The danger in that, in, in chasing that distance, is is that there's the expectation that if you start hitting it farther, you're going to play better golf, and it doesn't yeah. always work out that way. No. And the the old, well, old like a couple of years ago, the build was the tall, lanky guy who didn't have a lot of muscle who could move it out there with his angles and their hips and this is this is a one-off. He he looks like a linebacker, and all of a sudden he's he's hitting farther. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. I mean, I don't. I mean, nobody's teach. You know, nobody teaches that golf swing. I mean, no. I, do you? I mean, I'm, I mean, no. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I mean, there's fundamentals. I mean, there's a lot of it that I like. I mean, especially the backswing. I mean, I don't particularly like people to look that out of control going through it. Obviously, he's creating a lot of power, and he lines the club up and all that. I mean, obviously, you guys have been around me, but I, I teach, you know, more balance at the end. He doesn't look as balanced to me, but obviously it's going where the heck he's trying to hit it. But, Tony, hit. isn't it true? It's just with the driver because his other swings look yeah. don't look the same, which is yeah, interesting right. also, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's trying to maximize distance off, uh, you know, yeah. off the team. Um, he's got a five and a half inch, I mean, five and a half degree driver. If he doesn't lay back behind that thing, I mean, it's going to get it up in the air. Right? He's going to hit him like me. <laughs> so, but anyway, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's just interesting. Like to me, and I'm going to use Lucas again as an example, whereas I think one of the reasons that we're seeing such low scores is like the best players in the world for the first time had a chance to kind of rest yep. and be rested. Like yep. there's not been off seasons. Like, I mean, you're seeing guys like Rory and Justin and these guys, Dustin, I mean, they're all rested. They haven't had yeah. to travel to Asia and back and play two events. Or they haven't right. – I mean, they've they've gone out and played two, three weeks out of four, or some of them four out of four. And But they, I mean, they haven't played and traveled in three months, and they all look rested. I think that shows you as much as anything is how important being rested. And, yep. Mac, you've dealt with great players forever. Like, I would think this would show as you're developing young players that, like – really planning a schedule around making sure they're rested and not over playing just because you feel like you ought to play is as important as anything. Guys play sometimes just because they feel like if I don't play, I'm not going to keep my card. You got a better chance of being rested and playing two events than you do five in a row. And, you know, I noticed, I didn't, I don't think we saw anyone withdraw because of injury in the last four events. We did the last, there was one. I mean, yeah. yeah. Tony, I don't say this often, but you just nailed it. And I, I use this with my right. kids, you the, ju- <laughs> the juniors all the time. Look at these guys that just took a whole lot of time off and how they're, they're so excited about playing again. Like, look at the fields. Everyone's playing. They can't wait to get out there and compete again. And golf is stripped down. There's no fans. There's nothing. It's, it's bare bones. They're out there just playing golf. You like we would be, of course. Yeah. 
Yeah, the mental the mental rest that these guys got is huge. Yeah, they're all refreshed mentally. Yeah. They can't wait to play. Oh. I think it's going to be great for the majors. Like we got what six coming up in six months, basically, right? Like I think it's going to be good because I think the best players you're going to have are going to be more rested, especially like at the PGA and at Augusta in November. Uh, assuming the world doesn't blow up, I mean, I think you're going to, which is a big if, right? <laughs> Nothing safe. But uh, I think you're going to have some spectacular golf because of that. And I, I think, well, like you, we looked at that. I mean, I, like you said, Mac, like that bodes well, I think, for Lucas. I look at trends, and if guys are shooting a bunch under par and they're having a day, one day a week that maybe they're not quite as sharp as they need to be, those are things that you can fix. Those tell you you're on the right track and you're trending yep. in the right direction. Yep. I don't know that you want to peak right now. I think you'd rather peak. I think you'd rather be – when the majors are every other weekend, I think they're their twenty shot lead over the four events between a, a PGA and Augusta than you would rather the first four here. Yeah, that's well, that was Lucas's thing. You know, we were talking about we're just going to play some scrimmage games here to get you know preseason games here to get ready for the major run, and let's go see what you got, what's working, what's not, right? That kind of thing, and not getting too caught up in you know you can still win a scrimmage game, but I you know I think there is something too of testing what you're doing getting the grips on it and, and trying to peak at that time. I don't know if you can. I mean, Nicholas did, I guess, but. Um, yeah, I don't I, agree with that, Mac, either. Huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think you can. I don't think yeah. you have control over that. No, I think, but I think you can get caught. You up can be rested. Process, get caught up in the process for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And not look at it so much like, well, I finished 20th or 30th or 50th. Or I missed a cut. Oh. What am I doing? Is it, is this stuff getting better? You can do that. Yeah. Um, and not making every round the final exam, you know, which right. I think is what drives people crazy. You know, I mean, I don't exactly. know if you guys keep up with the Q schools. I mean, the, the Monday qualifiers. Yeah. You know what these guys are shooting? <laughs> Monday qualifiers. It's insane. It's not getting in. 65. You and know, thinking they played bad because they didn't get in. Yeah. And like, my goodness. I mean, how does, you know, what are they doing to this place? But, um, mm-hmm. but they're, um, I, I, I think if everybody would learn that, wait a minute, I can take three weeks off and, and not hit a shot and come back Love better it. than wearing myself out every day. I don't know. Love it. And, you know, as we always talk about with drivers, you know, you see these guys hit all these drivers and, you know, these, these major league baseball pitchers, they have a guy who comes and says, listen, you know, you can throw 35 pitches today or you can throw 50 pitches because you've got a, you've got so many throws in that arm. And that's what I always, you know, we talk about drivers, you know, you've only probably got so many driver swings in your body. If you're going to play for 30 years, you better balance practice. You can't just hit 50 or 60 drivers every day trying to find that shaft. I mean, sometimes you get rested will give you more speed than swing it. Um, but again, we got to go to Kobe and see what, you know, he, he would tell us more about that. No, I agree. I mean, yeah, I, I just, I, the more I'm around, really good players and watching you know, like I think rest is a big factor. And, and I think helping rest, folks yeah. feel like helping people understand that going and playing every week, isn't always a benefit just because you're in, or just because you, you're not, you're one twenty eighth or you're one thirty fifth doesn't mean you got to play the next seven in a row because you you're in them. Like, I think you want to structure and schedule yourself so that you have a chance to play your best golf. Well, you're almost telling yourself that you don't believe you have it. If you're, you know, if you feel like that you got to play seven events in a row to keep your card, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, we 
people talk a lot about keeping your card. Like that card is <laughs> really valuable. And I always tell them, I said, what do you think that got that PGA card do for me? I mean, if they just gave me one, it wouldn't, I mean, what the card doesn't mean anything. It's about if you're getting better, that matters, but your status, it's obviously easier to stay on tour if you're on tour, but chasing status is again, just chasing the ultimate result. And Greg, you know, this stuff It's just, you can't play every shot like this is the final exam. It's, 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 so I, I see it a lot, you know, guys get toward the end of the year. Um, most of the guys that just give up and quit, you know, like I'm done after this year, I saw Daniel Summer Hayes retire, lost in a playoff, you know, yeah. I always tell guys, you know, you should great quit, example. quit and come back. That's a great play. example. I mean, but it's, it's always the guys and and you can't manufacture this, but that don't care yeah. or care less yeah. that play well. Yeah. yeah we've you, been, we were, were taught to like grind and like, you've got to like care. You have, this is how you make this your life. And it's always the guys that say that I stopped caring. Rory even said it. I already found other things that occupied his time and he found other things that were more important and he started playing better. Did, did, were you watching yesterday at all, Greg? The, the tournament? Yeah. Did you hear they're talking about Wolf talking about that a little bit, about how he was trying to play less, with less care or something along those lines? I don't know if you caught that little snippet. It, that's a real challenging statement because you can't manufacture that. You can't tell yourself you, you don't care less. It's not so much about that. It's understanding really what it means and, and removing sort of identifying with, well, if I play well, I'll feel good and people will treat me well. And if I play poorly... I'll be upset and people won't talk to me. It's sort of, it's starting to remove some of that versus just telling yourself you're going to go out there and not care because you can't do that. Well, that just goes back to you're not what you shoot. Right. And, it's something you do, not who you are. And I talk to juniors all the time, you know, they play one bad round and, you know, and I'm like going, but it doesn't, it's not who you are. No, and then the juniors you, are the worst with that. Well, yeah, I mean, because no, it's that. You need that's to tell what, the parents need that, to know. <laughs> that's where yeah. it comes from. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. like it's like, you know, and that's where the that's where the student gets it, right? You know? Yeah, I get the parent that says, you know, he shot sixty seven in the practice round and he shot seventy five today. Yeah, what's wrong? What what, what what's was wrong that? With you? I was I said it's it's called golf. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to tell you. Yeah, that's that's why you play. That's why you don't keep score in the practice rounds. So you don't, you know, what did you shoot in the practice round? 80? That's a whole other podcast in itself. Totally, totally. But yeah, um, it'll it'll be really interesting to see if how many people deep dive on the distance thing and maybe not deep dive on the mental thing of the, the, you know, the three months off, you know, if someone says, I'm going to do a deep dive mentally, we all, Mm -hmm. you know, Greg, you and I talk about this all the time. People go get a checkup at the doctor every year. I mean, you want to go make sure you, you know, you don't have skin cancer, you're getting skin checks, you do all this stuff. And I ask people, how many have you ever gone for a mental health checkup? And uh, really, rarely has anybody ever went, yeah, I have. Yeah. And so in this three months off, did guys really right. start to go? I did. I texted both of y'all this morning. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Um, but take a step back and go, you know, you're away from the game, you can't play. So you're not a pro golfer with no pro tournaments. No. And is so now everything you may have thought that you were, everything I am, I'm a pro golfer, didn't exist anymore. And who took it and said, you know what? I'm I'm fine like this. I'm fine yeah. not being whatever that I built up that it was. And without golf, I am still this. Now some people may go, 
gosh, without golf, I'm nothing. Well, then, you know, they need to call Greg. Um, yeah. But <laughs> different but problems. You know, who on the off of this off time decided to say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to fix my head. Yeah. I'm going to figure. I can tell you for a fact, not, not many. Yeah. But But I've seen, I've seen firsthand. I was at the range at my club yesterday and two lanky high school kids who I know well said, Hey doc, I'm going to, I'm going to get all beefed up. Have you seen Bryson? That's crazy. What do you think about that? See, it's great, but have you checked out his putting stats? Like, you're going to build yourself up for failure. In terms, it's fun to hit it farther, but it doesn't guarantee anything. And there's so many other important pieces to the game. And Bryson, these are two high school kids. But Bryson, I think he got confident, thinking, "All right, I'm going to change my body." And, and, and so he, I wouldn't even use him as as an example. No, He's but like I a think, different. No, guy. but I'm thinking. I think it made him feel like he was better. It did. I think he came out thinking, all right, I did what I said I'm going to do. Now I'm better than that, I was. That's what it was. It was, he said he was going to do, he could have said he was going to be the best putter from five feet in and work on that. And I don't know whatever skill you developed for that, but whatever it was he set out to do, he did it. Yeah. doesn't matter what it was. And you're, you're absolutely right. It gave him the confidence and he did it with everyone watching, which is really cool. Everyone, yes. he put a target on his back. This is what I'm going to do. Everyone come watch me. And then the other day had a dust up with the cameraman and added more, you know, uh, (laughs) excitement to the whole thing and still played great and came back from three shots back to win. We look at it. He's a good kid. I've met him. I mean, he's a nice guy and and he's a nice guy. And look, but I mean, I don't think anybody out there, I don't know of anybody out there that hadn't had a temper tantrum. I mean, or gotten mad. I don't know how you can, if you play that silly game for a living. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't think he should. I think he's a good kid. I, I mean, but it doesn't make him perfect, you know. Right. And I don't. I didn't even wouldn't even think about. I mean, I see Patrick Reed snap a club after he chunks a wedge. I don't even. I mean, it doesn't even bother me. I don't know if you know. It's rarely I hadn't had a cl- client. Apparently, he doesn't let per- people's perception bother him. And a well, he's another guy who performs well yeah. under those circumstances, right? T, you got you got anybody that's going to be swinging at one thirty in the next uh, six months? William Wan. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> I think. I mean, we've got some young guys. Uh, I, JP Cave, Mac, you've seen him with me over at Frederica. Uh, Greg, you've been around JP. He's going into. He's going to be a freshman at Alabama. Uh, his his driver speed today. We had him on the on the quad was. Uh, around it was like 119 right i mean and uh you know he's not a big kid i mean he's he's long lanky reminds me his body reminds me actually of bobby wyatt's coming out of high school right uh long arms long legs uh big levers um you know can create a lot of speed and a lot of power without looking like he's got a lot of effort, probably a little bit like some of, you know, Davis, <laughs> Mac, you know, I mean, <laughs> on the arms and legs. Right. Yeah, and, uh, but, uh, and, and he's, you know, he had, but he hasn't even gotten to college and we've done some stuff with Colby and some folks at, at our retreats, giving him, you know, to help him grow into that body and, and all that. He hasn't even got to that. So, I mean, I, I, I just think that, the natural progression is that we're going to have people hit those numbers down the road doing all the stuff that really good instructors and good programs and good teams of people are doing without somebody just chasing a number and chasing power. 
right? Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, I mean, look, JP Cave hits it tons far and is a great player. But the way to get him to be the best college player when he goes in as a freshman isn't to put 10 miles an hour more on him. It's going to be he needs to chip better. And, Mac, you watched yep. him chip, and we all spent time with him chipping over there at Frederica, right? So, like, to me, it's understanding your player and which part of their game do you add something to that's going to take them to the next level. And so, for Bryson, he felt like it was adding a bunch of power to overpower people. But I don't know that that's – if you added 50 yards to Zach Johnson – does that make him that much? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know what I'm saying? They don't, like, they don't want to play Zach Johnson with 50 more yards off the right, field. So. Right. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know, it's like, but like, uh, you know, I mean, I think you're, I think our jobs as performance coaches are always to figure out what is the element or the piece that we need to add to the player that's going to push him over the next level. And for Bryson, in this case, it was distance. But I don't know that for every person that comes along that we look at and we say, what do we got to do to get them, uh, till the next level or whatever it is. It's not, I don't think every person is going to be just trying to get a, their ball speed up to 200 miles. No, I no. think Mac made a really interesting point. I don't think Bryson's increase in distance gave him an advantage as much as it did a mental advantage that he was able to accomplish something and he felt good about that. He was confident mm-hmm. it affected. It trickled down to every other part of his game. And, and I think that, that, that can't be said enough that it was more about his ability to accomplish something that he said he was going to do. He worked hard. He felt good about that. And now he's seen results because you're right. The distance advantage is hard to measure if that's really going to make guys better over the long haul. It's, are they able to access that all the skill that they have more times than they don't? And I think that's a huge thing that hasn't been talked about. And obviously, he has a, a team around him, a great team, right? And that's why I think it's important that the team also all has – everybody knows what the plan is and what the goal is, and they stick to it, and they don't react and change every yeah. week based on, you know, like just because he didn't win the first week out, they don't go, well, shit, this driving thing isn't working. No, we'll <laughs> give a shout-out to Como. Como just put a great post up on Instagram about it, it wasn't the team – and what he did, it's, it was his execution. He, he still had to do it. At the end of the day, right. he had to stand yeah. out there and do it. And it was awesome. It's great. Everyone should go read it. It was a great post about why he won. Greg, Greg, I think the a response, you mentioned those two kids you saw on the range at your club the other day and say how they were going to bulk up and hit it farther. I think a question to them would be, if you, if you go to the forward tees here at the club, and pretend like you have an extra 60 yards can you even can you shoot can you break par yeah exactly and it's look and i always ask them well do you enjoy doing it is it fun to gain yard then if you do then that's great do you think you're going to start shooting better scores automatically because of that well then you got a different issue if you enjoy going to hit balls after a bad round to fix something have at it. if you think it's going to make you better the next day i don't know if it's the right reason to do it the same with that, I think. Well, that's a lot of it. You know, shooting low, we talk about it all the time. Shooting low is an art. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of people on the PGA Tour, maybe not a lot, but some, that if you didn't give them, if they had the old system where you had the money qualify, a lot of these guys, I don't know if they can money qualify. I don't know if they could. And, you know, I see it all the time. You know, guys always want to go back to the back tees. I tell guys, why don't you go play the white tees for me and tell me what you shoot? Right. Can you shoot right. 60? 
I mean, can you shoot 59? Can you, I mean, that, I don't care what tees you play from, you still have to do that. And that's a, that's an art. And some people don't have that art. Some people can just, you know, they can shoot 67 from no matter where. And I'm not saying that's bad, but if you're going to play the tour, you better have those 62s and threes in you somewhere. And so practicing shooting low is not going to be found on the range. That's right. You play it from the white tees. Drive it up there. Go ahead and make your keep score. Watch it. Watch the pressure start building. Yeah. Watch you make a bogey on the fourth hole by doing something silly and watch what happens. Cause that's essentially gaining. That's like getting longer 40 yards off the tee. Right. If you go to the white, so you'd be 40 yards longer. What do you do with that? Right. So I, I would always tell people, I'd really like to see how low you can shoot from the white tees. And if that doesn't work, send them to the red. Yeah. I just want to see, can you shoot 58? You got to be able to do it all. If you can. I, mean, I also still... think that shooting 58 is shooting 58. And Oh, my and God. I think, and I think that learning to shoot low, like you said, Max, and Art, and I think that, like, you you get where you're not afraid to shoot low numbers. You know, if yeah. you, it, like, it, it, six under from the red tees, and you get six under from the back tees, it won't be as uncomfortable because you've been six under. Absolutely. You know, I, I think it's a state of mind. I think being able to shoot low is a state of mind. And yeah. I think, but I also think some players are really always good at that, and it's just how they are, and some players aren't. Well, the players that are really good at it, they don't, they don't know how many under par they are. They're, they're so in the moment. They're so present with what they're doing. They, they can't remember what hole they just – they can't remember what they did on the fifth hole that day. They can't remember – they'll ask what – I said, man, that was a tough three putt on Ford, and they'll look at you like, well, I don't, I don't remember that. Like that didn't. Like if you can learn to say that present, and in the moment, you can shoot as low as you can shoot. But you know, you hear all these kids come to me, and I had it four hundred through five, and I went, well, there's your problem right there. <laughs> you knew you were four hundred through five. Yeah. I mean, who keeps up with that? How stuff, did you right? know? I, I mean, you're not this. You know, you're not the spectator. <laughs> you're not the announcer. You're, you're, you're doing it. So be in the moment enough. So I agree with that. I think if, like I say, I would have a kid right now play from the white tees once a week and, and keep me a handicap from there. And I, it hurts people. I've seen, I've had people go do it. And I mean, they come in and shoot 71. Well, I drove it through the fairway on that hole. I'm like, well, you knew that. I mean, it doesn't matter what you did. You shot 70, you shot one under from the white tees. That doesn't, I mean, obviously distance is not your problem. Right. So maybe I can stir up a little controversy here because, Greg, I'm curious if you agree with that completely, because I know that you've talked about a lot of like we are aware of our score potentially and we need to learn to deal with that. Um, Do you agree with what Max said there? What are your what are your thoughts? Yes or no. It's all the wording. I I don't think it's possible to tell yourself you're not going to think about your score. Right. Like it's sort of lingering there, but it also doesn't have to matter is more what I would tell a kid. You can know where you are or not. It doesn't have to matter. It's, it's when the kid thinks, oh, I, I realized I was four under through five and all of a sudden the wheels came off. Well, there's no reason for that. You made it a reason, right? right. Like those, those thoughts about where you stand don't hit your golf shots. You create these scenarios and respond to them versus just engaging with what you're doing with what's right in front of you. So you, get, you let the stories get to you is what it is. You can't stop the stories, I don't think. Like, I, there are saying, some guys that do. I don't think you can be oblivious. No, I just, I mean, everyone has, to, when you're driving down the road doing 75 miles an hour and you're in a three-way you're driveway, 
you you know the where the cars are in front of you, know where the cars are by I mean you're aware of all yeah. that. Yeah. But you can't change on the periphery. Yes. And I, th- I guess that's what my, I mean about being in the moment of being present. That means the thoughts come and they leave. They're not, they don't hang there. They, that's right. No, that's right. I'm, I'm four under through five, but it's not. Got so that creates do. stories and then that's what they remember, right? Yeah. So it, they think they get nervous because they're there, but they're nervous because they think they're not supposed to think about their score. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and that's, and I think that's more in my experience here, guys, well, you can't, shut that off. But the more you're aware, the more you're going to return to what you need to do versus hang on every thought about what, where you stand. Yes. Right. Like the objective will never change regardless of whether you're four under through five or you're 15 over the next shot. You're still trying to do the same. You're trying to make a good swing no matter what. Well, I'll contradict myself and say, you know, people say, I don't look at the scoreboard coming down the stretch. Yeah. And I'm like, you got to. But not yeah, because right. of how it relates to you, it's because of your strategies, because it's right. it's still a it's a chess game out there. So there's mm-hmm. there's no reason to do certain things. You need to but I get I don't I guess I'm not explaining it right, is that that being present to me means that whatever comes at you, good, bad thoughts, they yeah. kind of just keep going by. It's kind of right. like I tell kids when people say congrats on playing well or you know, sorry you had a bad day, those things should go right through you. Yeah, and have no meaning. You wake up tomorrow being the same same guy. It doesn't matter. It, but I guess it's a, it's not easy. But you know, I always go back to military training. You know, they send people through military training, and they eventually will do live fire. They will mm-hmm. they will have these guys have to perform their duties while being shot at. Now, yeah, obviously they know they're being shot at, right? <laughs> but they have to train themselves to to be more aware. Yeah, more aware of their job and what they have to do than to be fearful of that. And I think that's kind of what it is. It's, it's you can't let being four under through five make you no. scared. Four over through five should make you scared. A lot of guys, <laughs> through five, they get four through five and they'll birdie nine of the last 10. Right. I mean, they yeah. just, they, they, they finally go, well, they get mad enough to let go. Yeah. But I think that the whole, it's not just four under through five. It's I've played a bad term. I had a, a parent called me the other day. It was like, oh, he, he's going to college. He played this awful future masters. He doesn't know. Well, I mean, what, what, in, in five years, I mean, your kid wants to play. Like in four years, he's not even going to remember the future masters when he was no. 17, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, and, and it's like, it's, it's just something that's coming. I mean, it, it, it would, I mean, if he finished 10th, he's still not going to remember what he shot at the future masters yeah. in six years. Right. So, you know, I, I mean, I think it's 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 helping players at all levels and like understand, you know, but you, like you said, Greg, and you're you're the expert in this, but you yeah. have to train that muscle just you like do. you train your golf swing and you train your I mean, you go and work you can't out. be afraid of it. Yeah, like that, I think that's find the, it. Yeah. So I, I think like going back to that example of, of looking at leaderboards, someone will ask me all the time, should I? know where I stand or should I not? And I say, I don't know. You tell me, what do you want to do? Because if you think it's wrong, it's become a problem. If you don't, you're going to just keep playing. The second you think you start to judge yourself for doing something wrong, you've created an issue. Oh, I just saw the leaderboard and I I saw where I stood. That's, that's a problem. So now I've created an issue or I'm going to look and I know it's okay. Regardless, I'm just going to go play. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to fight myself. And that, that to me is, is what's most important. I don't think there's a right or wrong necessarily. 
I think you have to be, like you said, you've got to train yourself to tolerate that discomfort so you don't fight it. And that, that, that boils down to that. Everything boils down to that, in my opinion. Yes. But in summary, basically what we're saying is if you've got a kid that wants to be good, you want him to hit it 370 and not, <laughs> four under and not care. Five, you should send him to Frederica to spend three days with us. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <At> an infomercial. <laughs> right. Because we got it all. But no, uh, anyways, uh, I thought this was a great discussion, you know, because there's been so much talk about Bryson and we've talked about the players, some of the players that we work at, work with. And Greg, you've had a bunch of guys playing well as well. Um, it's cool to watch. But it's, I mean, more importantly, it's just glad golf's back and we're employed again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's, it's great to have something to watch on TV too. It's fun. I haven't watched as much golf in years. Every weekend, hanging out, <laughs> no player, nothing to do, <laughs> just teaching regular folks. But anyways, this is awesome stuff. Mac, Greg, thanks always for your help. Yeah, thank you, Great guys. to see all you guys. That was awesome. Greg, come down to see me, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come soon, I promise you. I can't soon wait as, to get done as there. As soon as they'll let him out of Boston. And we're, not leave, we're actually we're not allowed to come back to the state now if we leave. Yeah. So. Yeah, that sounds like there's a better reason to come down. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, exactly. Forward, we'll, we're going to do some fun stuff this uh, over the fall at Frederica together. So it'll be some good stuff. Courtney, awesome. as always, thanks for sitting in and moderating this thing and not letting us go on for twelve hours. You, you guys did great. That's <laughs> the funny thing. We hang up and then we're going on a conference call. And just said, "That's right, right. Let's do it again." <laughs> and then why the hell did Courtney cut us off? <laughs> all right, guys. I'll see you later. All right, thanks, guys. See you guys. Great seeing you all. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Tour Coach with Tony Ruggiero. If you enjoyed this, make sure to hit subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are listening to this podcast. You can stay up to date because we have weekly episodes coming your way with fascinating people in the world of golf instruction at the highest level. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. If you want to learn more about Tony, head over to dosweepersgolf.com to get all the details on what he's up to. Maybe you want to see him, grab a lesson, or go to one of his camps, pick up his book, Lessons from the Legends. You can do that there. If you want to see Tony in action with some videos and other content, head over to golfsciencelab.com slash Tony to get more info there. This episode was powered by the Golf Science Lab and was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. As we go into year two of the tour coach, it wouldn't be possible without the support of all our sponsors. And I've had some great ones. And one of the things that I'm most proud of in my career and in my business is the fact that all of my relationships here and all these sponsorships have been long time, long withstanding relationships, haven't jumped from sponsor to sponsor and manufacturer to manufacturer. And I've always prided ourselves in special relationships and when people work together, support each other, and we've all put out great products for the benefits of everybody else. So I wanna give a special thanks to these folks that have been with me for such a long time. And that would be the folks at Shrixon, Cleveland Golf, and Zexio. Couldn't ask for a better manufacturer to be aligned with. And not only do they put out great product and great support, but they're first class people and they believe in what we're doing here on the Tour Coach and with the Dew Sweepers and also Vineyard Vines. Ian, Shep, TJ, and all the folks at Vineyard Vines it's hard to keep me looking good, but they do a fantastic job. And they're like family. They support everything on the Dew Sweepers. And we're so proud to be affiliated with and support the folks at Vineyard Vines. So if you're out there, you're listening to the tour coach, 
please support our sponsors, Shrixon Cleveland Golf Zexio, as well as Vineyard Vines, and keep listening and keep enjoying hanging out with us here on The Tour Coach.